The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Just a quick reflection on um, the conversation that we had with the uh, chairperson of the Portfolio Committee of the Higher Education uh, and Science and Technology. Uh, Speak Easy on social media says, whilst uh, the current situation regarding student funding is dire and needs urgent resolution, we have to note the progress that have been made since 2016 from a budget of 14.5 billion rand to 34.5 billion rand in 2020. Could a uh, could a reduction of 6.8 billion rand been predicted? And, you know, it's an important point, Speak Easy, that you're raising, that government has increased the number of, the amount of money, rather, that it's spending on higher education over the last couple of years. But, of course, it, you know, th- the problem is not just about those students who are, um, under certain threshold whose parents or whose family combined family income is under 350,000 rand. That's just one aspect of, 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 of the solutions that, that is needed. The missing middle students, the ones that are, are part of this protest, uh, you know, part of the reason why they're continuing with the protest is because this, their problem has not been resolved. There's the issue of student debt. There, there's the issue of registration fees that have to be paid at the beginning of the year. We know that some of those registration fees can be up to 10,000 rand. And they're saying, we simply don't have this money. Our parents don't have this money, but we would like to continue with school. And and, and I think that's where the big challenge for government now is going to be, what solution do you provide to this group of young people um, under the current climate? And they've had years to work on a solution. They've had years to work on a solution. They've been, uh, you know, reports upon reports done on this issue, shared with the Department of Higher Education. And so the fact that it's being treated with urgency now, it, it has been urgent for some time. It has been urgent for some time. And I think that's that's really the bigger point. Um, let's continue here today, of course, on the 11th of March was 10 years since the Fukushima nuclear disaster. Now, environmentalists and interest groups in the country want the opportunity to remind government why nuclear is a bad idea, and they're using this moment as that opportunity. They've been making submissions to NERSA about why nuclear should not be included in the current country's energy mix. Peter Becker is from the Kuberg Alert Alliance and joins me now. Peter, good morning. Good morning to you, Kathy. Thank you for making time for this important subject. Sure, it's a pleasure to have you on. Firstly, let's talk about, you know, making the connection of Fukushima, the use of nuclear, and what South Africa currently is working on. We know that, uh, you know, it's one of the recommendations of the Integrated Resource Plan that nuclear also be brought in, even though at a limited scale. Right. Well, let's start with uh, Fukushima, maybe, and reflect Mm. on what the actual cause of the problem was there. Mm -hmm. But I think there are quite a few misconceptions there. And obviously in the real world, things have multiple causes. But according to the official investigation of the Japanese government, the primary cause of the Fukushima nuclear disaster was regulatory failure. In other words, the regulations and the regulatory bodies were not strong enough, were not independent enough to spot that there was a problem. And that allowed a situation to exist that resulted in the, in the nuclear disaster. Mm-hmm. So that's important. You often hear from the nuclear industry, oh, tsunami, it could never happen here. But no, the primary cause was regulatory failure. 
So I think it's also then we can look at, well, have we changed things since 2011? Because hopefully we learn from the mistakes of other places, you know. And unfortunately, we, we haven't really. And um, just to get a bit technical for a second, the mm. uh, IAEA, which is the International Atomic Energy Association, went around to all countries after the Fukushima disaster and looked at um, what problems or issues there were in each country and made recommendations. And one of the things they picked on in South Africa and I'll read it to you. They said, considering that the Minister of Energy is also in charge of the promotion of nuclear energy, and given that the same minister appoints the National Nuclear Regulator Board and its CEO and approves the budget, and so on and so on, it says, we call into question the effective independence of the National Nuclear Regulator in South Africa. So we are now, uh, what, uh, nine years later, eight mm. years later, mm. and that's still the situation. Mm. The NNR still reports mm. to mm. the Minister of Energy. Mm. So we have the same situation in South Africa as they had before the Fukushima disaster in Japan. So, Peter, I'm going to ask you just to stay on the line for me. You'd know that one of the big stories for today has been the passing of the Amazulu King, Goodwill Zuelitini. We're now hearing from Prince Mangosutu Butelezi. Let me take you live to that briefing. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. You're live on the talking point and we are going to continue our conversation this morning. This is reflecting on um, the Fukushima disaster and, you know, hearing the message that is being made or the call that's being made by local environmentalists. Of course, we'll continue to also keep a close eye on the developments around the passing of King Goodwill Zuelitini, uh, the Amazulu King, and we'll bring you uh, all of the latest as it happens, as you heard from the Prince Mangosutu today uh, a little earlier just officially making that announcement peter peter baker that is is from the kuberg alert alliance peter uh, thanks for bearing with us this morning can you still hear me absolutely all right you you were telling us about the lessons that have been learned from fukushima and you know you 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 said that there's a great misunderstanding of what led to uh, that disaster Remind us again of perhaps some of the three issues that you draw as those lessons. Okay. So the primary cause of the Fukushima nuclear disaster was a weak regulatory framework. Mm-hmm. And that was according to the official report given to the, to the Japanese government. Um, and that is exactly the same scenario we've got in the country. So the nuclear regulator is appointed, the CEO and the board is appointed by the Minister of Energy. And it's the same minister who is promoting nuclear power. So you can see there's clearly a conflict of interest. A regulator Mm. whose job is to protect the environment and the people's health shouldn't report to a minister of energy. That makes no sense. And that was a problem identified eight years ago uh, in this IAEA report Mm. about South Africa. And nothing has changed. And nothing has been addressed in that regard. I'd also like to come back to something you said during the introduction, which is, is not true. And in fact, it's a little bit of a deception that is being Mm. promoted by the Department of Minerals and Energy. You said that the IRP says we must go ahead with nuclear power. It doesn't say anything of the sort. What it says is we should prepare for the possibility of nuclear power. So that's very different to going out and buying a nuclear power plant. And that is what the Minister of Energy is doing. And looking into it, I don't know if you recall in the news, there were some performance agreements signed by the ministers in 2019 when Ramaphosa was trying to look at the service delivery problem we've got. And Minister Mantash's performance agreement 
includes the phrase that he must procure new nuclear power by 2024. Mm. And that completely contradicts the IRP, which says we must not procure, but we can prepare in case we want to procure. So there seems to be a distinct disjoint between government planning in terms of the IRP, the Integrated Resource Plan, and the actions of the minister so, who uh, seems so, hell on so, your nuclear. Uh, so, Peter, uh, sorry, I don't have the IRP, you know, open in front of me. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I can't respond on the issue of language in terms of mm. when or how it must happen. But the reality is that it, it it has been identified as being part of South Africa's energy mix for the future if we are to stabilize the supply of energy. So... When it comes then to um, what you are saying about the 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 nuclear procurement, mm-hmm. are you saying effectively that it's a process that doesn't need to be speeded up? So it doesn't need to happen right now. And the suggestion is certainly that we should be exploring other options before we get to nuclear. But the reverse is happening. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, the, the IRP doesn't say that. And again, this is um, information put out incorrectly by the DMRE. The the IRP, in fact, modelling shows there's no need for nuclear power. Mm -hmm. And more detailed modelling done by the CSIR, the Centre for Scientific and Industrial Research, and also by UCT, indicates that the consequence of going the nuclear route will result inevitably in the increase in the price of electricity in this country. Mm -hmm. It is not part of the least cost scenario, and it is certainly not necessary to keep the electricity supply available in South Africa. Mm. So, But the reality is that government seems set on continuing with it. Why would that be the case? Yeah, and that's why I highlighted the fact that the minister's performance agreement says he must go ahead, whereas the IRP says that we should delay. And in fact, the most significant change to the IRP 2019 from the previous version is that nuclear was taken out of the tables of what is required. So every year that goes by, Nuclear seems to get more expensive and renewables get cheaper and more widespread. So every year that goes by, it's less and less likely we're going to need nuclear. And perhaps that's why there's the pressure from certain areas to say, let's quickly get it done now before it becomes uh, to a situation where it's obviously ridiculous. But just to emphasize again, Mm -hmm. all the technical modeling shows that nuclear power has no place in South Africa's generation mix if we want to achieve the least cost of electricity. Who stands to benefit then with the progression of this policy? That's a very good question. So firstly, the the obvious ones are the companies who sell this technology um, and also the various consultants that work around uh, in the field. I think it was um, two or three years ago, we found that 171 million rand had been spent to a company to write software to prepare the department for procuring nuclear. Now, my field happens to be software development. I just do this nuclear stuff in my, as a volunteer in my, my free time. And what piece of software costs 171 million rand to, to construct? That money's gone. There's no product that's been uh, provided for it. So there's somebody who stood to benefit. And that was just one of the expense items. Mm. The other person who maybe stands to benefit is the fact that the minister has got this performance agreement in place that says in order to achieve his goals, he must procure new nuclear by 2020. And in fact, I've written to uh, President Ramaphosa and asked him to please change this performance agreement because it's causing this disconnect. It's not that all of government wants to go nuclear. It's a small piece of government. 
that is wanting to push forward this nuclear um, plan. And that's why you get these stories being put out that the IRP says we must go nuclear, whereas if you read it, it doesn't say anything of the sort. All right. Peter Becker is from the Kuberg Alert Alliance. Peter, thanks for coming on to the show and really getting your point across and perhaps the perspective that you're taking on this particular issue. We'll leave it there for today. It's 11 o'clock. Nandika Biokas is standing by with your latest news.